Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, sponsored by Elevant, makers of sponsorship software that track, evaluate, and manage all requests for partnerships. Learn more at elevant.co. Nick Marullo is a dynamo. For 19 years, he and his team at Cinco have been at the forefront of experiential marketing. So it came as no surprise to me when I learned of his virtual experiential marketing platform called XSpace. I caught up with Nick to get the lowdown on how XSpace came to be, why it is so relevant in today's sponsorship marketing space, and how it is being used by brands and properties. I also learned about Nick's career journey, his mentors, and the evolution of Cinco. We discussed trends in the sponsorship industry, and given Nick has done extensive work in Asia, he shares insights into how sponsorship activations differ from North America. And of course, we wrap up with professional development advice. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out RothRevenue.com. Nick Marullo is president and CEO of Cinco. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, speak with me today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So uh, lots of ground to cover. You know, uh, we've, we've uh, gotten uh, closer over the last uh, few months talking about an exciting project of yours that I want to talk about today. Um, but what I love about these, these conversations uh, with leaders in the space like you is just finding out a little bit more about, you know, your backstory and the the why, you know, you you are where you are and uh, what motivated you. So, you know, Cinco, 19 years, like I see that on LinkedIn. It's like incredible when you see somebody I have so much respect for people who have, you know, committed and stuck with something like that. Um, like maybe before we talk about the the evolution of Cinco, how how and why did you get into the sponsorship marketing space? What drew you into this industry in the first place so many years ago now? Not that you look old. <laughs> <laughs> you, Gavin. Uh, well, the journey starts more than 30 years ago, and it starts with my own family. As you said, like I come from an Italian family, and uh, one day my mom uh, says to the family, um, I want to open a garage, a car care center. And we're like, mom, what the hell do you want to open a car care center? And she says, listen, I always feel robbed when I go repair my car. So I'm going to do a car care center for women focused on women. Wow. So yeah. And, and a couple of years later, my mom was a woman of the year in, in the region. So it taught me to, to believe in, uh, in community and the power of one-on-one -on -one relationship and, you know, bringing people together. So I learned very early on uh, this in, in my career. Then, uh, you know, I, it's, a, it's a, a secret, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Yes, yes, let's go. Uh -huh. Here's a secret. Uh, I'm a lawyer in mergers and acquisition, and I worked for uh, General Electric in uh, Africa, Middle East, and Europe, working on uh, when e-commerce, you know, we always thought that uh, uh, retail was gone and e-commerce was going to explode. So I was part of, of that growth of e-commerce, working as a lawyer in mergers and acquisition. And when I came back to North America, the company that I was working for, which was a, a big company in, uh, in technology, got acquired. And in this acquisition, I got a couple of years of uh, salary. So, you know, at one point you decide, what do you do with time on your hand and a little bit of dollars? So decided to start my business. And I went back to the teachings of, uh, you know, my mom and what I learned when I was young, uh, building communities of interest, 
so sponsorship was an obvious choice. So I, I jumped writing uh, 18 years ago. Wow, amazing! Yeah, I love I love the 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 when people come about it through very authentic, very real, very emotional uh, reasons. But back then, like what sponsorship wasn't as developed as it was now. Did you know it to be sponsorship, or did you kind of see? It as um, like when you got into Cinco, you developed it. What was your vision for what you wanted it to be? Yeah, the vision was one-on-one relationship. And that one-on-one relationship was really important. And people thought I was crazy because I went to to brands and companies and and told them, you need to do one-on-one relationship. And I bring you back to 2002. The internet wasn't what it was right now. Social media didn't exist. So they they told me I was crazy. But but I said, listen, one-on-one relationship is going to be the key. So one important date, 08, when social media arrived, and now one-on-one relationship can be amplified. So you need only to talk to a small group of people that have a specific interest, and you can take this conversation and bring it to the world. I was crazy before social media. Then I was a genius after that. And everybody was like, oh my, what a great idea. And the idea of bringing communities together and amplifying it by social media, I think that was the base idea. And then I realized early on that sponsorship and uh, was the key for us to leverage all the learnings and, and what we've done since uh, Cinco started. Got it, got it. Um, so you talk about your mom very passionately. Uh, when I think of mentors, I got to believe she she was a key one. Uh, any, just speak about people who inspired you, maybe outside the industry, but also inside the space. Well, it's, uh, you know, as I was saying, family is always important to me. Mm. So I'm going to give you a quote from my father that always stayed with me is that what people think of you is their business. So (laughs) that really helped me be different and try new things and don't care about what people thought. So the idea is, you know, you you were asking me when I started Cinco, the idea was to think five years ahead and and what people are going to want, even though it did not make sense before social media to talk to communities and things like that. So that I, I got this from my father. Now in the business world, I was very lucky since an early age. I was always close to captain of industries. I was close with some executive at GE uh, Europe. But one person that really influenced me was the president of L'Oreal, Mr. San Juan, that really mm-hmm. taught me ethics and uh, respect in business. And the reason why we're, we exist for so long is that when you drive your business with ethics and respect with your partners, with your client, with the, the, you know, the people you, you work with, I think this is uh, how you built a business that's going to last and uh, survive time. Amen. Amen to that. I agree. I think uh, people have long memories. Uh, it's a small world, especially in Canada, right? I know you. We'll talk about the fact you've 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 you touch many parts of the globe, but it's a small industry. So keep your relationships uh, strong, your bridges strong, and uh, well said. I like that. Um, so yeah, let's segue to Cinco. Um, you know, a 19 years, I'm sure you've seen lots of different uh, scenarios play out, some highs, some lows. Um, maybe just talk about the evolution from then to yeah. to today. So uh, the adventure starts 19 years ago, uh, 2002. 
Uh, I think one important date for Cinco was 2008, the growth of social media. So one leg in digital and virtual, one leg in real life. And we that was core of our business then. This is core of our business now. Real life is super important. And, and as we all lived it for the past year, I think we're all realizing that it's going to be hybrid between both. This idea was there when uh, in 2008. 2010 is where we created the Synco Lab. So Synco Lab is a research and develop it's research and development at Synco, uh, experience and innovation. So basically, I spend most of my time, eight months out of the year, traveling the world, looking for uh, startups, university partnership with big companies. Uh, we try to be three years ahead to look at all the innovation and trends in the industry to bring it back to our clients, bring it back to to start building new innovation. So that's in 2010, 10 years ago. Uh, 2015 was the day that our international expansion, um, we're a couple of kids from Canada, but we had uh, big dreams. So we expanded to the U.S. first, uh, then to China. Uh, through our partnership in China, the Olympics was something that we had, um, you know, we started negotiating with the Chinese government and, and some companies over there. So from this, we got a partnership in Japan for the Tokyo Olympics. And then, you know, because we were in the region, uh, we looked at other big events. The Expo 2020 was in Dubai. So we made a partnership in Dubai. So for the last three years, I spent most of my time in the Middle East and Asia oh. looking forward uh, to prepare these um, the sponsorship around these big events. And that last milestone I want to talk about is for obvious reason, 2020. Yes. Uh, beginning 2020, I was actually in Japan working on some projects for the Olympics. As soon as it was possible, I came back to Canada. It was beginning of January, telling the team and anybody that wanted to listen to me that it was a huge, it wasn't something small. I saw it, I saw it in Asia. Um, and when I came back, I actually prepared a plan starting in January to start, you know, working on new innovation and knowing what was going to happen. And with from the pandemic you're talking about. Exactly. Sorry, the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And what happened is that right from there, we jumped into R&D. We already had a lot of things in the works and preparing the next step uh, for the pandemic. But most of all, trying to create the blueprint of the future, because the, what the pandemic teach uh, us and I think everybody around the world is that it's um, it's a moment to stop. It's a moment to refresh, rethink. Um, it's also not the moment to stop investing and dreaming in, 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 in what we do. So research and development was super important for us always. So during the pandemic, we doubled down on research and development, making sure we understand what was going on. And one of the things, I think there's a unique opportunity right now because everybody's willing to try things whether it is like the companies, the brands, the property, but most of all, the fans, they're willing to you know, try new things. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for the industry to get together and start building the blueprint of the future. Well said. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, crisis um, has a way of, of, of kind of removing uh, innovation inhibitors, right? Like uh, anything that keeps innovation down, it's now the lids off, right? And and uh, I think you're right. I, I like what you said there because we tend to look at it from companies and brands are doing different things. But let's look at the consumer as well. The consumer is showing adaptability and willingness to try different things. And you're, what you've done, and we'll talk about XSpace, is you're perfectly positioned to create that bridge, that, that, that glue between the brands and the consumers in this new world. Before we go there, though, you talk a lot about 
the Olympics. Obviously, it's on the very near horizon here. Can you talk about what you you've done for uh, Tokyo? Like, what what would Cinco's role presence? How how have you touched that yeah. that incredible property? Well, over the last uh, three years, we made two part- very important partnerships for the Olympic. We made a, a partnership in 2018 with Beal, which is um, a huge company in China that uh, took care of the uh, opening ceremony and uh, other uh, projects for the Olympics in 08. And they, they also had the mandate for the Olympics in 2022, the Winter Olympics. So right. we Beijing, a- Beijing, right? Exactly, yeah. Beijing. Yeah. And the idea was not to bring Cinco in China, but to bring the lab in China. I think Canada has great innovation. And for the last 10 years, we've been working on methodologies and toolkits and and modules to be able to bring innovation faster and create storytelling much easier online. So we brought the Cinco lab in the office of our partner in China to be able for them to have access to the lab and be able to propose uh, Canadian innovation right from from their office in Beijing. From that partnership in China, right away I went to Japan and I made a partnership with Densu Live. For those that know, they're the huge ad agency in Japan. And Densu won most of the contracts for the Olympics in, uh, in Tokyo. So I used the same model. We took the lab from Canada created an office inside the office of uh, of Densu in Tokyo and started working on, on Olympic projects, mostly on the sponsors and uh, some of the activities that the Olympic, also the Olympic committee had. Um, all in preparation for 2020. That's the reason why I was in Japan in January. And then the pandemic hit. It was a huge problem. I was part of think tanks trying to understand what you do, you know, what you do with the sponsors, how how's it gonna work. Um, but right away, when uh, when all of this happened, I think um, you know, the, the, for me, it was very important to come back to Canada, make sure that you know my team was okay, make sure that our clients were good, and uh, now the Olympics, you know, they're they're going to do it in Japan without mostly without fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the interest for the sponsor goes to broadcasting a lot more than um, than that. But the reason where you created the X space was leading up to the Olympics to be able to create virtual gathering almost as good as real life. So that's kind of the journey that led us to the uh, the Olympics. Got it. Got it. So some of those, a lot of those plans that you had in place that were going to debut in through 2020 uh, were reliant on fan engagement and uh, and and now that got uh, uh, you know that got disrupted. So, yeah. uh, so, so you've you've brought it back here. You've developed it further. You you're implementing it here in North America, which I, I've I've gotten a little bit of a, a teaser on before. Uh, but will we see anything over in Tokyo, or is it all dependent on fans? Really, it's you know you know the 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 way we bid those virtual gathering space. They're based on fan engagement. They're based yeah. on a lot of sponsors. Um, I don't know if they pulled back, but their their presence is going to be very different than what it was of supposed course. to be. And uh, you know, we want to be we want to make sure that we're respectful also to what's going on in the global pandemic. So a lot of sponsors are bringing their participation a little bit down, maybe more discreet than what it was supposed yeah. to be. But we have we have huge international plans to work on different parts of the world with this that can be exported very easily. And for us, I think. 
you know, um, I call it the death ground strategy. When you have something in mind and you have no choice, which is like we had the Olympics to deliver, uh, it made us work very hard and research mm -hmm. to bringing this to life. And then the pandemic hit, it would, gave us like a second, you know, a second push to bring this to life for existing clients. So I, I don't, you know, I think the, the birth of the X space, which was about uh, close to eight months ago, was was due to the fact that not only we had projects on the Olympics that needed these types of engagement uh, online, but also the fact that we we intensely focused on research and development for the last year, right. uh, making these X space, uh, bringing them to life. Before we get before we get into X space um, trends, and I know I think it very much it links because you you're you've always been on the leading edge of this whole move to virtual. Um, but you've you've seen over in Asia, you know, in the U.S., here in Canada, you you'd have a good perspective on what are the trends you're seeing. Is it all? You can talk certainly about virtual and the pivot to virtual, the shift to virtual, but maybe there's other trends in sponsorship marketing that you're seeing. Yeah, I think one thing that we tend to forget is that the remote fan always existed. So mm. if I go to a festival, the festival is 10 days, Coachella, for example. If I go for two days, I'm live two days, but the rest of the time, I'm still a fan. So the rest of the time that I'm not at Coachella, I'm a remote fan. So is there a place that I can go and gather? So what I'm seeing in terms of trends is that the broadcasting will own the rights to, to show the game, you know, and they'll have all the access and they'll have all the content. But around the game, what I call the game outside the game, there's a lot of things going on. People are doing live feed, they're, they're chatting online. What if there was a space where we can bring together all of this conversation, all of this engagement and passion into one place? So what we're seeing right now in terms of trend is there's a lot of virtual social gathering. And if we go outside of sponsorship, for example, and we go to the gaming industry, take um, a game like uh, Fortnite. They're organizing events within their platform. So their platform has 350 million people. They organize an event, 27 million people will show up. You would say that the gaming industry is very different from any other industry. But the people that are 22, 23, 24, well, they're interested in sports too. And they're getting older and they're, they're not going to have more interest. So for them to go online and gather around an event, an activity or something like that, this gives us a glimpse of what the future is going to be for sports, for music, virtual social gathering that goes beyond the broadcasting, beyond the stage, you know? Uh, so that's one of the trends. I think one of the differences that we see in different regions is the way the fan uses technology. So you go, into, you go in Asia um, and you see the way they use their phone, for example. Mm -hmm. They use their phone to buy, they use their phone to take picture, they use their phone for absolutely everything. So the technology becomes an enhancer to the experience, which in North America, we use it, but it's still something that, uh, not at the speed at which the, the, the Asian are using their phone to create something that is, so the experience that we see in Asia, the sponsorship that we create, they're based on um, a lot of live experiences, but also using their device to enhance the experience. So even though I'm on site, I'm using my device to enhance my experience. And if I'm not on site, I have everything that I need to, to go to a place that is the second best thing after real life, something engaging and fun. So we see that in Asia. 
we know that sports or music or cause, those are the things that brings people together. So basically, you go around the world and you see the same passion for their sports. You know, in China, it might be ping pong. And in the U.S., it might be baseball. And uh, in Argentina, it might be football. But they have the same passion. So basically, I think we need to go back to the roots of the reason we like sports so much or music so much. It's, it's, it's a human behavior towards um, what we have in common, humanity. So any what I see as a trend, and we want to be part of this, is that even if there are virtual spaces, they need to be more human. They need to be more purposeful. They need to be more meaningful. So as I move around a virtual environment, can I talk to real people? Can I engage with other fans in a meaningful way? And we have social media that is pushing information our way. But the way that people look at social media right now is the same way you zap the channel on your television. You yeah. have information about uh, sports. Then you have your cousin's wedding. Then you have, and then the information is coming so fast. I always say, well, a lot of people are saying it. Content is king. But today, context is the new queen. And just uh -huh. like in chess, the, the king is important, but you cannot win without your queen. So basically, <laughs> context, I think context is going to be one of the most important thing in the future. Because information is coming so fast at us with different channel. You know, there's so many social media right now. Uh, there's so many ways you can have access. You need context. You need a place where when I'm getting into that, that space, I'm above the noise and I'm getting information, but this information is curated and this information is about the interest that I have. So I'm receiving information in a more contextual way, more, it's more meaningful, it's more purposeful. So I like it. It's a, a little bit away from the noise. So we're seeing trends like that where information is coming so fast that we need more context in everything that we do online and we need more humanity so we're talking to real people the reason we do so many zooms and so many teams is that we don't want the phone anymore because we need to see people yeah and that's important and i think one thing that the pandemic brought that is great is that now we're going to see each other when we talk to each other and that's super important because that even though it's virtual we're seeing the hand movement you know i talk like an italian so my hands are <laughs> moving all over the place, but that gives, that gives me personality the same way I'll, I'll have somebody talk to me and I'll understand a little bit more by his, you know, face yeah. expression or his eyes. Well, it's all if they're engaged or not to, you know, you can read it. I agree with you. It's, uh, and, and there's so much to unpack in what you said there. I, you know, I, I've, I've been saying for a while and it's certainly not my saying, right? I heard this years and years ago, um, is that part about content being king. I, I heard a while back a saying that um, the consumer is king, right? And and the consumer is queen, right? Uh, it, it's it's it is the consumer who is going to decide what content bubbles to the surface. But what you said, I absolutely love and and one thousand percent endorse, which is it's it can't be content for the sake of being content. It's got to have purpose. It's got to have meaning. It's got to have contextual relevance to your point, right? Yeah. So, so, so true. And, and you're right, because now, and it, it almost takes me back to sitting in the opening ceremonies in uh, BC and Vancouver at the 2010 games. I, I thought about this. It, it's, it was sensory overload. You know, I'm there with my clients. We're, we're wearing 
you know, these drapes, we're holding uh, flashlights where we're, we've got these signs to hold up. We've got to do this with our phone. I'm checking, I'm getting calls from people. It was like overwhelming sensory overload, right? And we get that every day, sitting in front of the TV, walking down the street, right? Checking our social media. So it's got to be content that breaks through and has meaning. So I, I love what you said. And, and Gavin, you're right. And also, I think when I speak about context, it's also the contents in a moment in time. The reason you got excited because you were proud of your country, you were proud of the athletes, it was the Olympics. You know, a lot of people watch hockey during the playoffs, but it's, it's all contextual in terms of a moment in time, the playoffs and the sports hockey, that is, you know, our favorite sports. So I think it's important to see also that, let me give you an example. My family is Italian. I'm Canadian 100% except during FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Italian and, and, and I'm part of the action. I want to be there. So the idea of while I'm watching FIFA. And like, Euro's coming up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, during the Euro too. I'm down with the Italian. So I want to see Italian flags. I want to be part of something. So the, the being part of a community is not only give me information or content that makes sense for me, that is purposeful, but in time, during that period in time, which are the playoffs for hockey or FIFA or the Euro, well, my context is a little bit different. Now I want to hear about the Italians and I want to be part of the Italian. And so... It's context is not only the purposeful, the meaningfulness, but it's also the moment in time that is also important. Well said, well said. Um, so uh, let's shift to X space. I mean, obviously it taps into this whole, all the trends you're seeing. Um, talk about, you said it was born eight months ago, but I'm sure in many ways it goes back further than that because you've been developing for yeah. a while. Talk so, about the development and, and what it is. Yeah, the, the research and development started uh, three years ago. The idea started a long time ago. Um, so three years ago, we wanted to find a way, a new way to engage online. We know that in sponsorship, live will always be the most important. But as I said before, remote fan always existed. So we were trying to find a way where how can we touch the remote fan in a new, more dynamic way, as I was saying, more contextual, more meaningful Social media is great, but it's bringing the information at such a, a fast speed. So first, we started thinking, how can we find a way to engage online? Second, with the trends, we said, let's organize a gathering place online. So a virtual gathering place, because any sports or any music or it has their broadcast. So the broadcast is very important. But what we realized that there's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of subject, we can peripheral subject. When I talk about hockey, I can talk about nutrition, I can talk about exercise, I can talk about a lot of things. And what we realized is that by creating those virtual space where people come together at a moment in time to have conversation, it brings together a lot of conversation that people are having out beyond the broadcast beyond the game and uh, you can talk about the game but there's so many things you want to talk about let me give you a concrete example mm. of what that could be so a lot of people around the world are a fan of manchester united the football club in manchester mm. so what if you and i right before the, the game, other the other football club in manchester right? <laughs> yes lately yes. lately they've been the number two 
football club in Manchester. I know. But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, what when you talk about value of a sports brand, Man, Man U is as big as it gets, one of the biggest in the world. So yes. and, and they have, but I'm just taking, you know, a, a big sports franchise just mm-hmm. to emphasize the idea. But the idea will be the same for the local curling club or any other sports. The idea is, let's say you and I, we are able an hour before the game to go into a, a virtual English pub uh, right before the game and engage with local fans. So basically, as I move into the virtual environment that looks the second best thing after real life, that is photorealistic in an English pub, I have information about different things, you know, the, the players, the game. I have a live feed to uh, the practice, for example, that they're having before the game. And at one point, I go to the right-hand side and I tap on a screen and then five guys around a table in Manchester are drinking a beer and they're talking about the game. And you and I are part of this video conversation about five local fans of Manchester just talking about the game. And then for five minutes, we're engaging with them. And then we and, move and, and you're actually engaging. Like you're, really? this is not, this is not you watching an old no. recording of a conversation. Tom, Paul, Mark, yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, they're yeah. all there and they're having conversation about the game and we're in Manchester and we're talking to them. So this idea of an hour before the event, so the context, it's an hour before the event, it's at Telgate, it's in it's in a, a, a virtual club in Manchester, and then we staff this virtual environment the same way we staff an event. So all of these guys are real fans. Uh, we have, you know, we can have other people that can talk about nutrition because we're in a pub and maybe we're interested in this. My girlfriend, not interested in football, but she's interested in uh, in nutrition, in exercise. So maybe she wants to know more about this. So that virtual gathering space, you know, an hour before the game, then the game starts. Well, when the game starts, I'm watching it on TV or the OTT is going to have the right to broadcast it. But then I keep my X space and I tap on a screen and now I'm part of a 50 people a video call where with ex-players we're talking about what's happening right now. So part of that community that was at the club before. And I think we see virtual and live very separate. We need a perfect synergy between those. And the reflex that we're having in real life, hopefully in the next space, will have the same. For example, if you and I are going to a men who leaves game, the first thing I'm going to ask you, what do we do before the game? Do we go for a beer? Where do we meet? So why can't we do it virtually and say, let's meet in the English pub before the game. And then we go there an hour before and there's chat, there's information, there's all kinds of- You almost feel, I feel like if I was doing that, I'd feel compelled to go to my- uh, to my bar at home, grab a Guinness and hold it in my hand while I'm enjoying this experience, right? You see, like nothing is going to replace live, okay? But you and I are going to go to Manchester maybe once a year. Yeah. But it, to bring people closer together and even the people that are not in that are physically in Manchester are going to be able to enjoy this. Another thing that is super important, we talked about content a little bit. Inside these spaces, we need different types of content. We need the traditional capsule that's going to tell us about how the player trains and give us like generic information about this. Then we're going to have brands that are going to get involved, like sponsors. You know, they want to be part of this. And the same way that we did for the past 15 years of creating live activations, we're going to do the same thing online, meaningful, purposeful, a good integration. So brands are going to be present there. Then you have the UGC, the fans, the user-generated content. The fans are going to 
you know, we're going to have all kinds of experiences. It, it's going to create content. Maybe the trophy appears in your living room using WebAR. You post that. We, we take your hashtag. We bring it back into the X space. And then we have a group of influencers and experts that are at the game. So basically, they're at the game backstage. They're in the crowd. They're in the pubs, you know, around. And then all of those influencers are bringing back the information inside the X space. So they are your eyes and your ears when you're not there. So all of this content will live on social media, but thank God, like I'm not having like 12 application open, looking at the different content from different platforms. So now when I go into the X space, I have a team that is, you know, bringing me back the information almost live. I got a live feed to what's going on in the practice, for example. I have fans that I can chat with and I have other types of content. So that brings, that brings the action like back home. And I think it's going to be super exciting for the fans and for the sponsors. Now you have, you know, a real virtual platform to engage. And that is in synergy with social media because social media is going to push the content. It's going to allow people to know that there's an X space. Right. It's not replacing. It's 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 uh, curating. It's it's pulling it all in and putting it into one dynamic, contextually relevant environment, beautifully designed environment too, right? Yeah. Dynamic, looks looks like the yeah. venue. And the idea will we'll never be able to replace social media, but the idea is to say, hey, on social media, this is where people, this is where you post that, oh, there's a live feed to the practice. Let's go into the X space. Inside the X space, it's bringing you to the e-commerce site to buy you know, a pair of shoes, for example, because it's contextual, it makes sense to do this. So this all synergy between different platforms and the way we built it technologically is that we made it available on a phone, on a tablet, on a desktop, on a browser. So basically this is an add-on to existing. It's not a platform. You don't need a big computer. You don't need a, a lot of RAMs for you. Comp- it, it, the only thing that you need is a good internet connection and your yeah. browser. So basically it can be attached to any digital platform that you have, website, e-commerce, social media. So it, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good add-on. And, and I, you know, I like I, the, the shoe example is a cool one. I envision Let's say the property has uh, Adidas as a sponsor, right? You can create a a virtual wall uh, that you go up to and you can pick and design your custom kicks, right? And actually click it and order it and have it shipped to your home when you're just walking through the X space. Is that Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's fair to say. Or if we want to go further in time, you can you can tap and appear in an Adidas world that was created and then come back to Warpub. Or basically, you know, maybe Adidas made some investments um, in in some digital platform that they already have. So maybe we're pointing to that digital platform. The the whole idea it's about storytelling. If it yeah. makes sense for the fans, so. You know, if, if I'm learning about how the uh, the players train, for example, maybe it's normal that we talk about Adidas and the shoes that they use. And then that yeah. leads me to, you know, to any type of conversation. And if it makes sense, maybe there's a person from Adidas that talks about, you know, how yeah, a virtual play. assistant, right, who can kind of help you. Um, no, I, I, I and, and you talk about that brands. I think a lot of brands have been investing in virtual and digital content. So your point is, and let's use auto as an example, a lot of automotive brands have dynamic um, uh, tools for a consumer to go online and look and touch and feel virtually their cars and customize it. 
I think uh, what I've seen, a little snippet, is you can bring a version of that into the X space. So it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel, right? You just plant that car, though, in this dynamic stadium environment. But when you go up to it, you can actually borrow, am I right, like some of the existing technology, use it, that they've already created and brought to the event, the virtual event. There's, there's a lot of, of uh, asset that can be used inside the X space. I, I think um, what it brings to the industry, I think it brings unlimited integration, limitless integration. So being able, for example, to integrate a car is one thing, but why would I have a car on, you know, on the ice? Well, the car is part of a journey where, and then maybe a little bit later, um, the car is part of a treasure hunt, for example, where you need to get information and get inside it. Or well because it's a virtual space, I can go check out the car if I want to, because not only am I, I'm a, I'm a fan of sports, I'm also a fan of Ford. So I'm yeah. interested in going and then learning. So it's not in your face. It needs to be uh, integrated, as I was saying before, purposeful, meaningful. And yes. we have limitless possibility of creating experiences around these uh, sponsors. And, I, and I've been saying it for a while. Like if you walk through an airport and you just see a car there, what's the, you know, so what, right? Like what the, the old car display is something that's driven me nuts for a while. Like, it, you know, if you, it, you, I guess, listen, there's a value in having the, the brand, the, the car there, but what are you doing to engage the consumer and make it part of their experience? How are you drawing them in to make them care that it's there? And I think you've said, if you weave it into part of the experience, all of a sudden that car becomes an actor, if you will, in the journey. And that makes it more, more emotional. And I think that's more meaningful. And, and I think what's important is once we've built those spaces, so um, what's interesting is that these spaces can be used for any other events that you have. So you can do a product launch inside our virtual pub, for example. You can have, um, you know, anything that you do live can have a presence online using your own space. So once you build that space, um, then you amortize it because you use it at any other event. Um, we see a lot of trade shows and companies going to trade shows. Usually a company will go to 10, 20 trade shows, but trade shows are creating virtual version of their trade shows. So as a company, do I let the trade show decide what's my presence? Maybe a picture, maybe a video. What if I can bring my own environment? What yeah, if my environment- Their own X space. Yeah, exactly. An X space that is the virtual innovation lounge and that virtual innovation lounge, I bring it to 20 different events. Right. So what we wanted to create is virtual gathering space that you can bring with you in any presence that you have online that you feel that people should come together and also mm -hmm. can be attached to any live events or any virtual events that you participate there's going to be a lot of virtual events where you have, you know, you have uh, speakers and people talking as a sponsor. What is my presence? A logo at the bottom or should mm -hmm. it be a door that I tap and I appear into the world of, you know, the, the brand, for yeah. example, as long as we make it make sense with the, the purpose. of And, and you've said it uh, that, that uh, you touched on the point there. One of the barriers often to these things is cost. Right. Let's be real. And. Uh, uh, so sometimes brands will take the low hanging fruit, the easy way out because it's, it's, it's cheap, it's easy to execute. But this idea of, of investing in this and then using it across many different virtual 
um, uh, events, platforms, I think, uh, answer some of that, right? They can go to town on this for, for years, yep. right? Yeah. And, and with slight modification, you're, you're able to bring your virtual space to any type of event that you participate and you, you control the message, your brand, your image. And, and what happened over the last year is that there's a lot of companies that created virtual events because they had no choice, but they're going to get better. So more and more our virtual events are going to get better. So more and more brands are going to want to participate to these events or sponsor these events or be part of these events. So as a brand, I think it's just interesting to create your own space and bring it everywhere. As a property, I think it's interesting to create a new virtual engagement space so a sponsor can get involved into a space that actually brings the, uh, the fans together and then the sponsors can get involved and then there's all kinds of different ways to participate in building and making these type of uh, virtual spaces come to life. Love it. Um, is there any current, you mentioned the Man U example, is there anything current going on in North America that you're able to mention? Yeah, we're actually right now the uh, sponsorship activation of Ford of Canada for the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers. We have... Uh, several X-Pays going on and, and a lot of surprises for the playoffs. So these two X-Pays are, are currently live with uh, great success. We're seeing a lot of success and uh, we see people engaging. It's fun to see and a lot more actions for the playoffs to come. Love it, love it. We'll look forward to that for sure. Um, and, and last question on this, because some people's natural headspace is, well, fans are going to come back in 2022. So but you, you and I both talked about this and we're on the same page. It doesn't mean virtual is going to go away, right? As you say, fans have been part of a virtual um, experience and, and need to be part of that for years, right? And I think that needs only going to continue and be amplified going forward. It might not be the only thing, but it'll be part of the journey. Your thoughts on, on that going forward? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I'm going to quote somebody that I talked to the other day, and uh, he said, uh, infinite stadium. Uh, mm. So we're going to see infinite stadiums and infinite. So basically this idea of we're all going back live, but think of the possibility of touching more people in remote regions and other cities or even people that are not at the game. So we're going to get back to live and it's going to be great because we're any Canadians know that during spring we want to go out and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But 100% sure our ecosystem just got bigger. Possibilities just got bigger. And the whole sponsorship ecosystem just got bigger. And I think better. And that's the idea behind it. We shouldn't see virtual and live as competing. We should see them as a perfect synergy. Trying It's to an and, not an or, right? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a plus, 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 hopefully. Mm -hmm. And, and, and bringing great things for the future because for the fan, which is our main focus, it brings together people from all over the world, but it could be your town and bringing these people together. And when we go back to live and it, our, my team is working on that intensely, what will be the synergy between the live and the virtual? How can we engage with people that are going to be in stadiums? How can the fans at home make an impact on what's going on at the game? And, and, and this dynamic of, you know, the fans at home and the fans live being connected together, uh, I think it's going to create uh, a lot of great stuff. Last thing I'll say on it is, is um, you know, over this past year, there's been a lot of sponsor, partner, property and, and partner discussions, properties and their, their sponsor partners. 
um, about value lost because of the fans not being there. And you and I both agree, you know, if, if the property's answer to that is we'll tag you in a bunch of posts and we'll, we'll you know, we'll come up with some, some branded content, nice and everything, but there's so much more to do, so much more you can do. And what I think this past year has done, one of the many silver linings, because let's be real, there's been some positives that have emerged, is it's forced everybody to up their digital, virtual, and social game. And I think you're really well positioned to be a solution provider in that context as properties need to find ways to give their sponsors more value, right? So they don't have to write a check and give them a refund. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. I think uh, the value gap a couple of months ago was $14 billion. So we mm. need to be we need to be creative. We need to be innovative. And a lot of people are talking about the new normal. Hopefully in the future, we're, got, we're gonna have more of the new than the normal. <laughs> That's a great, great overview. I'm excited to see how this it plays out. Uh, listen, let's, uh, this has been wonderful. I, I'd love to just wrap with, you know, I always like to ask successful people like you, what, what are some of the things that you've, you know, professional development advice, whether it's what the habits you use or the, the, you know, the methods that you use or just advice for others looking to build a successful career like Nick Marullo? Um, I think that always, but especially in times of crisis, never stop dreaming and never stop investing in yourself. That's beautiful. Very simple, eloquent. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, uh, Nick, thanks so much uh, for the time. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Your passion off the charts. Um, I've looked forward to this conversation. And uh, as I say, I'll follow everything with, uh, with interest. Thanks uh, very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you.